0: Hey this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast.
1: Thanks for stopping by.
0: Hello and welcome to the 409th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Sandy, how have you been this weekend?
1: I've been good. Uh, it was a pretty quiet weekend overall. It was, uh, what I've been doing actually is trying a lot more of, uh, cooking. So the past few weeks we have, so I do the grocery shopping and I've been really maximizing the Trader Joe's run. So what I'll do is I'll go to Trader Joe's and then, um... I'll, like, look for frozen foods, like those pre-made meals, uh, the meats that are, like, pre-seasoned, uh, essentially anything that can make the, the week dinner, weeknight dinner, easier to do. Right, and right. And it's been fun. I've been trying a lot of new things, for figuring out what we like, what we don't like. Uh, and then more recently, I started to do a lot more of, like, all right, we'll do this stupid, simple... Either Brussels sprouts with a little bit of oil, salt, pepper, and then we throw that in the air fryer. Uh, I'll also do that with broccoli, because or we're both big fans of the roasted broccoli and the roasted Brussels sprouts. I also do a uh, mushroom with uh, you know just butter. Uh, I do the butter down with uh, diced white onions, a little bit of garlic, let that go, and then just a uh, sliced baby bella mushrooms and that's like a good thing to go alongside like maybe like a red meat or something if i'm doing that right yeah um and so that's really what we've been doing and then i've been just uh trying to play around with you know what you know uh, if i buy a couple of cuts of frozen salmon you know what i've done with that is put a light layer of mayo on uh on the top side of it you know obviously because you go skin side down and then uh either do uh salmon sort of rub on top of it Uh, there's also like the the japanese version of that is this seasoning known as furikake where um it's just you know the same thing it's just like a lot of seaweed nori seeds so on and so forth and so i've been i've been trying that that's that's been working pretty well as uh and so just just playing around Um, i've been also doing a lot more baking recently uh, and so I've been trying to bake cookies. I up, baked, baked a couple of, like, I think for like the last, the previous like five weeks, I was making, uh, an olive oil cake, uh, like once a week oh. just to see. Cause I like, I like my desserts not to be too sweet yeah. and you know, olive oil cake is a perfect example of that. And so just trying to make sure like play around, get more comfortable with baking. Uh, historically I have been very, uh, I have low confidence in my baking ability. Uh, and so it's been uh, it's been a fun experience to try and play through it and, and see if how I can get better about it especially just like being super uh, clear and accurate and precise with the measuring uh, when I cook I am not accurate or precise like <laughs> in, in, in most senses I am but also just like I am I'm very. Uh, I'll very commonly but yep, yeah no this is this is the right amount this is the right amount and just like you know be a little bit liberal about some of that stuff, and so I it's see. been fun. Um, I've been trying to get my cookies down as well, uh, get a do a better job doing cookies. I, I we're we're doing this one cookie recipe right now. If you want to Google it, it's by Molly Baz, uh, M-O-L-L-Y-B-A-Z. Um She apparently made the uh, internet's f- favorite chocolate chip cookie. And so the only issue right now is it's, uh, it's getting too flat too quickly and it's crisping up. And so we're not getting that doughy center that we want. Um, so just like, you know, before uh, a little bit earlier, just trying to troubleshoot very quickly. Uh, but doesn't seem like there's an answer quite yet. We might have to go lower temp, uh, same amount of time, but we'll, uh, we'll see. So that's really been, um, it's really been what I've been trying to do. It's just cooking a lot more variable things uh i think you know getting back into it because i used to meal prep right and it used to be like the same thing every day for weeks on at a time and not really trying to go back to that life quite yet and so try and it's also this was born out of this desire to save a little bit of money by not going out to eat as much and in order to do that you know to but still have your sanity just trying to like come up with a some variable things to look forward to every night. And so with uh, the Trader Joe's, like initially it started with frozen foods where you could uh, like experience a little bit of variety. And now I'm trying to get like healthier with the variety. So it's not just, you know, the same, uh, the same sort of stuff every time. Um, So that's really what we've been doing.
0: Nice. Yeah, that sounds good.
1: Yeah, what's like what's your uh what's like your week's like dinner menu look like like how do you like what do you guys tend to do uh what's the variety do you have like certain foods that you like what are your home favorites
0: kind of a bit variable um so lena has she kind of like put the onus on us to like start trying to eat out less um especially yep. if, particularly during the week so um She would she would take it upon herself to prepare various dinners, Um, especially Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I've tried to be better about taking on some of the of a a bit more of an active role um, prepping dinner. So like the days that I work from home, Mondays and Fridays, although admittedly, I don't always do it. And if it's my responsibility at times, I'll still do like take out. But like tonight, Lena just made um, she we did a salmon um, with like jerk seasoning. Um had that? Do you with, make um, your own
1: jerk seasoning? She did. Yeah. What goes into jerk seasoning?
0: I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. There's like some. There's like some pre-blended herbs or, or whatever. But I I didn't actually watch, so I I can't say for sure. Um, but it's delicious. It it was delicious. Nice. Um, and we did that with uh just like a small layer of uh, brown rice and um, broccoli. And. Other aspect though is that Gordon, so when we you know we try to get him in bed early or you know at least as early as possible, right? So like hopefully we'll be in his room by like six forty five. Honestly, we're lucky if we can get in there by like seven fifteen, which is when the uh, the Hue lights in his room go off. So we know we're late if the lights in his room are going off. Um. So at times we'll try to get him dinner beforehand. So there're like some random stuff that Lena would would often like whip up for him. Like last night we did um what did we do? So uh it was like a tortilla on one half of the tortilla I spread some uh sweet potato, the other half I spread some avocado, added a layer of um added a, a layer of um, like half of a boiled egg just like all chopped up and then yep. um and some and some cooked kale and then just I mean, that baked that. That sounds delicious yeah and it was like you know like a quesadilla minus the, yeah. the cheese <laughs> um, and uh, yeah baked that in the uh, in the toaster oven for a little bit cut it up into pieces he, he really enjoyed that um, we also did a version of that uh, this week at lunch for him so I gave him uh, so there was uh, some tuna in it instead of the egg Yeah, are you, so,
1: yeah are, like, is your family a big tuna salad family
0: um not really. No, like not big okay. tuna salad. Like, I don't know, like I'll do I'll do tuna, but like not like a proper tuna salad or anything. I'll I'll do like tuna's like tuna sandwiches and whatnot and um what I I'll I'll put like, you know, just like honestly a super super small amount of mayonnaise. I'm not like I hate I hate when I get tuna out, outside like a tuna sandwich oh, yeah, it's outside super goopy. and they just suit yeah, man. Like it's more mayo yeah. than tuna. I, yeah. My ratio is like <laughs> shoot, what's the ratio? Like two to five percent mayo. The rest is tuna. Like it's really just to it's really just to get the tuna to to stick together a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Not I don't a, like a it can, it can still be quite either. flaky. Yeah, it can it can still be quite flaky. I don't mind it like that. Um, and then just like some spices, right? Like maybe some type of seasonal a little bit of salt, some uh, 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 black pepper, and then um, shoot, what else? What else do i do i don't know just kind of mix it up really maybe a little bit of oregano yeah. or something like that and then I'll, and, and then it's really just about the toppings lettuce tomatoes onions for me um yeah you like that yeah. red onion yeah i love, love i love any onion any, any onion dude yeah
1: um, uh, so this uh this afternoon i made a tuna salad recipe and like you i am very anti-goopy uh sort of like salads of this kind uh my personal favorite is obviously chicken salad Uh, but um wanted to try a tuna salad and similar to you know to to combat i'll say the goopiness what this and this might be just too much based on your personal preference but what this recipe called for was like good tuna so stuff that is not like star kissed, but anything that's full, like fuller cuts and sitting in or marinating rather in olive oil. Yeah. And then, so I take that out. You let that olive oil drain. Right. And then, uh, what I did was, let's see, let it drain. And then small dice stock of celery, a uh, quarter of a red onions, small dice that just for that like, color and crunch. Uh, mix in the um, the tuna at this point, mm-hmm. and then... What else did I do? They said to use a cup of mayo. Now, you can certainly use wow. way less mayo than that. Um, yeah. But... Because this was, this was... I mean, based on what you described, this would be way too goopy for you, but it was a good binding mm-hmm. agent. Mm-hmm. So you probably do like maybe a third cup mayo or a quarter cup mayo. Okay. Um, see what works for you. And then... Uh, What I liked about it, and Carolyn didn't like about it, so for for future um, batches, I might make two batches, but just this notion of putting in Dijon mustard for a little bit of kick. Yeah, yeah. um, They used spicy stone ground, which also could work, um, but we did that, chilled it for a little bit. I didn't salt or pepper it. It it felt like it was good enough without it, but you can certainly salt and pepper to taste. And then uh, we made tuna melts, right? So just, like, white bread uh, on a griddle, uh, mayo on one side, let it brown up, uh, cheese, two slices of cheese on one piece of bread. So, like, you can also decide if you're doing this at all, but I right. think it would be great without it. Um, but I was just craving, like, diner food, and yeah. this was, uh, this certainly, like, did it for me, I'll say. so Yeah.
0: I like that. Um, so, wait, did you, so... Did you have the tuna on the sandwich, uh, on the griddle So or did you oh, add the tuna after the fat?
1: Yeah, I did it after the fact. So you, you take the okay. bread off and you let the bread, uh, and you put it on like a cooling rack and then you scoop out, we'll say a cup of the tuna salad, after, now that you've taken it out of the fridge and hold its shape a little bit better. And then you put it on the piece of bread that doesn't have the cheese and you can do a couple of things here. Um, One, you can add stuff like banana peppers or... Because I know you like that. I I know you like sort of going a little (laughs) bit spicier. Yeah, yeah. And also just like a little bit more of that crunch, a little bit of that acid, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, what's interesting is we took a bag of Lay's potato chips, crushed it, and then just had Uh like a little bit of potato chip crunch in there. Uh, I should have done that. I proceeded to pass out after this sandwich. I'm not going (laughs) to lie to you. I took a (laughs) two-hour nap after this. Yeah. Uh, It was glorious. But... um, no, it was awesome. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And it highly, highly, highly uh, recommend uh, this. Um, so I can send it to you. It's a quick video from someone that I really appreciate. Uh, his cooking style and his uh, his recipes. And so it was just like, you know, you go to a diner for, for this kind of food, right? And so instead of going... Like, I know if I went to a diner right now uh, to eat this food, it would probably cost... Like twenty dollars for this? Yeah, it's just I am not interested in spending that kind of money on yeah uh, on a tuna melt.
0: It's a fraction. Um, it, it's it's actually absurd how much money we spend on like on certain foods, right? Like yeah the the upcharge for certain for certain items like a tuna salad or chicken salad or whatever is it, pretty pretty obnoxious. It really Shoot, is like a, like a freaking omelet, even right? Like
1: oh god, the, you're telling me.
0: So it's, it's I mean, the really nice. days are over. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's really nice to have, it's really nice to have the, uh, the meal be prepped for you. Right. But just like you say, man, sometimes you just sit there and you're like, dude, like this, this, the cost is just stupid. Um So the, real
1: quick I, though, but before, before you move on, uh, I wanted to say something about that cost. Uh, a weekend ago or something, uh, Carolyn and I, we went out with Earl and Ellen and we went hiking and we went hiking around West Point. And what was awesome about that hike was we stopped in like uh, near West Point for a post run, a uh, post hike uh, meal. And so we found a diner. What was amazing about this diner, dude, was full-on omelets with like all the fixings, like 11.99, 12.99. Oh wow. And I was like, "Oh, this is like when you and I think about diner costs, you know when we think about Teddy's brunch costs, like this is the price point. If I were to get the exact same meal in New York City, it would be like eighteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. It's like I'm not interested in spending that on on this type of food. You know, call me a boomer, call me old fashioned, but it's just the rent is too damn high.
0: Yep, yep. No, it really is. So. I mean, the, the cost of everything is up like crazy. Actually, um, shockingly, Lena, said, Lena went to Aldi today to get some groceries, right? And uh, she was like, oh, guess how much the eggs were today? The, get, the eggs last week were like two-something, right? Today? So I was like, I oh, don't like, what, $3? Like, I thought she was going to be complaining about it. $1. nineteen for a dozen. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah, it's come um, down. It's come down. I've been yeah. tracking
1: the price of eggs. It's, uh, <laughs> we're, we're a little bit past the – I mean, it's crazy to say that out loud, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we the
0: are past <laughs> – yeah, you
1: know tracking yeah. the cost of, uh, of eggs but we're past the bird flu uh, which mm-hmm. killed like uh, uh, almost like uh, uh, so many of the uh, the, the egg laying chickens in, in this country and so it was uh we we're, 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 we're coming out of like the I would I remember dude I remember paying like four or five dollars for a dozen eggs
0: yes yeah and five it's just bucks. like
1: hey like you know we're I think we're uh, gratefully. And, you know, privileged-wise Able to still buy it And you don't have to choose between that and something else But, you know, when we're doing grocery shopping You keep an eye out on these prices You know what it was at You know you know how much a gallon of milk is You know how much this is uh, And when these things start to, you know, increase by 10, 20 Then you go 40, 50 It's just like, yeah, no, I'm paying attention to this
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly Um, right. So yeah, what I was going to say about today, what we what I ended up doing today, um, just a little bit before Gordon's nap time. Like it it was, it was a really nice day here today. It was probably the nice, the nicest or the hottest that it's been in our area since last summer. And so Gordon and I, I took him out to the park at like 10, 10 10ish or so. And, uh, we hung out there for like an hour for for like a solid hour, but the whole time, like you just, I'm just baking under the sun And I remember I was just sitting there like, yo, I can't even imagine playing like a sport or anything right now. Like, I just can't imagine being that active in this heat. And it's honestly not even that crazy. I don't know if it was even in the 80s quite yet. It was in the high 70s, but I don't think it was in the 80s. But the sun just beating down on me. I was was just exhausted. But anyway, when we get back in, uh, I told Lane, I was like, you know, I kind of want to go out for ice cream. We haven't found like a good ice cream spot in this area we honestly have a oh, rich boy either. over
1: here going out for yeah, ice no, cream. right
0: yeah going out for ice cream but there was this farm that that um just like down the street from our place back in delaware it was like a five five ten minute drive from us and we used to go there a fair bit for ice cream and like they were they were open from like memorial day to around i don't know labor day we'll say maybe maybe early october i think is when they would close down for the season And so we would go there a fair bit in the summertime and we haven't, we never like look, well, I don't want to say we haven't looked like we've looked a little bit, but like mostly online, we haven't actually gone to see if any place has solid ice cream like that. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I look it up, I look up a few places that are further away from home. um, And there was a place that was actually like, we just coincidentally had been in the same shopping plaza when we were looking for homes, actually not even looking for homes when we were, uh, when we came to visit for the inspection of this home, um, so we were with Gordon, and this is almost two years ago now, and there was a, a shopping plaza. It was like a Whole Foods and whatnot over there that we hung out at um, for for a fair bit. We were actually like trialing a, a tempur bed, which we actually ended up getting uh, like a year and a half later. And so um, there was an ice cream shop. I think it's new in that area, so we, we drove out and... <laughs> lena was saying the same thing she's like you know given the like the we used to be able to get a pint of Hagen dazs back in delaware it would it would be on sale for like 288 i remember at the shop right like dollars and eighty eight cents for a little pint right mm-hmm. and uh, we went here and for like a single scoop it was like four bucks maybe and oh. uh for like two scoops of ice cream it's like 525 or something and so i was like oh would you come back and she goes well, I would come back. The ice cream is good, but like the price is just ridiculous. Like we could, we could buy because the the Haagen here is like four something. Like it it's right. it's nowhere near the price that we would get in Delaware. And this is both due to the cost of I think just the the cost of groceries in, in general being higher in this area, but also coinciding with inflation and, and rising costs across the board. So,
1: which will never mm, come back down.
0: Yeah, which will never come back down, or at least never. It'll never it'll never be, be two eighty eight. I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, we, we've bought Häagen-Dazs maybe like twice while you've been here. One time I bought it just because um, I wanted to treat. I wanted just to treat us both. Um, the second time was because it was on sale. <laughs> so it's like twice yeah. in the last two years as compared to like, I don't know how many times we would like, we would get like two, two containers maybe every week or two back in Delaware. So it just depends on the week really. But just like as an example, just very different, very, very different. And it's largely driven by the cost and so um oh
1: sure
0: yeah so it it was it was cool it was good it was fun to get out the house we've been i'm trying to do this more frequently where we do like a little family thing get out especially in the especially given how nice it is now oh Um, yeah
1: before it gets like too uh, hot too hot yeah
0: yeah but it's like it's just it's really easy to get just like content in the house right like Gordon wakes up early. He's up at like five something, comes wake us, wakes us up. Like he woke me up today at 6 a.m. Same, same deal yesterday. And so come and he's tired. Like he, we come downstairs and he seemingly like he, it seems like he just always perpetually wakes up too early. And so, um, with him feeling that way, and just being, you know, just a bit, I don't know, difficult, like not, not not following the simplest of directions it's just like you know what i just don't have the energy for this i just want to sit on the couch and do nothing and and um you know we could do it but i'm just trying to like add in more experiences and and hopefully like improve morale as a whole right just like push through the tiredness and have have a good time with each other so yeah um yeah it, w- it was good it was fun i am it's not something that we're going to be doing like <laughs> you know daily or multiple times a week or even weekly or anything like that right um, i mean you got like- the
1: right expectations for him
0: yeah 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 for sure he he dude we, we finished the ice cream and we got him we got him a sorbet like we got him this like what was it superman sorbet or something like that it was like a rainbow sorbet basically and he loved it he got it in a cone and then uh and when he finished it he started fussing and was asking for more he wants more ice cream more ice cream I was like dude like stop cuz because like <laughs> you you do these like nice things for the kid right and then when it's finished he wants to throw fit because like he like he wants more like he deserves more whatever whatever you want to call it and it's like well if this is how you're going to react when you get so, when you get a nice treat if you never even knew about a tree and we didn't do it at all, then we wouldn't have to be dealing with this so you know just like say thank you, <laughs> be happy and hopefully we can do it again soon but like you know he's he's three he's, he's different expectations but Good he's luck. three. but like yeah certainly certainly not something we would constantly do all you know or we would continually do um, but it's 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 nice to get out of the house from time to time this uh actually next weekend we're gonna be going out to uh, Minneapolis to visit Majub. I've never been to his place yet so
1: oh wow how long is that uh, how long is that drive?
0: five and a half hours looked it up we're actually gonna be taking my car which is the the uh, the EV electric vehicle and it'll be the first okay. and uh, the, the longest road trip that we take with that we've taken with it. So uh, I'm gonna see if I can pull up the the distance again really quickly if I still have it open on yeah so it's 383 miles my car has like and especially in the summertime the the max capacity of it is um it's like with the not max capacity but like the the estimated total range or that you can get on a single charge is uh um, probably like 250 ish miles so okay. conceivably what i would only really have to charge once i think the trip planner suggest that you do it twice but one of the charges is like super super brief um there's a there are a fair bit of charging stations um so like i, I don't know if like you remember but the or i don't know if you remember but uh, with the car i got i think it's three years of charging at electrify america for free i've only done it twice so um i'll be able to take advantage of it on this trip yeah. Um, but so yeah, that whole journey will be, will be, uh, will be covered, <laughs> um, with that, with that Amazing. plan, and um, it's Real just things. got these little built. Yeah, like if it was just me, honestly, it would be a bit annoying because I got to stop for like half an hour to an hour for each charging session. Um,
1: Let's like say half of an
0: hour. Be- yeah, we'll say half an hour because, because, with it being warmer outside, the battery doesn't have to like get up to temperature. So it oh, will be able to receive a charge much quicker than it was in the winter time. And I haven't charged it outside of like, I haven't charged it at a public station, one of these quick charging stations outside of winter. Um, so yeah, we'll say half like anywhere between half an hour to an hour. That's assuming zero to 100, which is your, I probably, it's, the the trip planning and based on the, the the locations of the charges that I saw today when I looked it up isn't actually going to be how it would go but we'll say like half an hour ish for the stops that's much longer than I would typically stop for for a trip of this journey I wouldn't really stop for half an hour I would stop for like no. ten minutes tops right like yeah I'll I'd agree. stop use the bathroom, fill up the gas, maybe grab a bite to eat and I would eat that food while I drive or I would just scarf it down really quickly before I get back right. in the car and move on. At at most the stop is going to be 20 minutes. Like if I'm going to be Oh yeah, really but like realistic 20 minutes everything is
1: done.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, driving with Gordon, um it's like, it's going to be longer than that anyway. <laughs> so, so that's not really that big of a deal. We'll definitely have to stop. He, he won't be able to, he won't be happy sitting in the car for too long of a period of time. So those, those stops are really going to be, um, they're those built-in stops are going to be great because we're going to need them anyway. Um, but yeah, doing it, if this was just me, it would be annoying. It was not like a deal break or anything like that, right? Like 30 minutes isn't, is not the, it's not the end of the world um but yeah definitely it's definitely gonna take some getting used to uh when it comes to that type of travel and i guess we'll determine we'll we'll learn maybe in the future we'll just decide you know what it's too long and we'll take Lane's car in the future but um yeah, yeah. it should be fun to figure it out for now this will be the first time yeah.
1: well how uh how is how is he like in minneapolis
0: as far as i know he he loves it yeah yeah he He's, I think he likes the work. He's, um, he's, so he finished his residency and he took a full time position up there. And so, um, you know, I think like he, he was saying that the, the workload that you get between like, the difference between residency and, and post residency, like, you know, when you're actually like no longer in training is a bit crazy. Like the amount of patients that you're supposed to see in a given day is a lot. And so um you're just responsible for a lot more and so it can be a mm-hmm. lot it can be quite taxing. But he works like uh I don't know if it's seven seven or if it's like like he basically works a full week and then he has a full week off. And it's just like gotcha. a constant cycle back and forth. So he'll have several days in a row off, but then he'll also work like six or seven days and those shifts are like twelve ish hours. So I guess it, it balances out to some degree there.
1: Uh, what, so is he just
0: a like just a thought like what's his uh, what, what is he now? So he's in medpeds. I don't really know exactly what the exact title ends up being for that. Um, yeah but um, he has to do like some clinic work I think so he, he's not just seeing PD pedi- it's not just pediatrics. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. I honestly can't remember quite uh, like all the details uh, but maybe ha- maybe being in the element and having him show us around I'll, I'll, I'll be able to speak more to that next time.
1: Yeah, I have uh, colleagues that live in Minneapolis, and they love it. They love how close you are to the outdoors, uh, how like green that city is, both literally and, and you know whatever. And yeah. uh, and so people people swear by Minneapolis. People swear by uh, Minnesota as a whole, and it's a. Uh, it, it feels compelling. I'll say, It feels compelling. So. I'm glad that he likes it. Nothing worse than being in a place where you're like, oh, I can't stand this area, you know. So I'm not right. happy about that at least.
0: Right. Yeah i uh, I don't think I'd be able to handle that cold. The amount of snow that they get, the the cold. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit. It's a bit. A bit tough. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're not yeah, wrong. no. I mean, he's he's been living in the cold areas for. I mean, ever since college, right? He, he was in Pittsburgh. He then, he went up to Rochester for med school. Then he was in Minneapolis. Um, he's been there for like, shoot, four years now. five, four, five four or five years now. Mm-hmm. So now nah, the cold, the cold is this dude's element now.
1: He's 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 all about it
0: now. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Well, awesome. Awesome. I'm excited to hear about the um, the drive and the trip. I've been very very interested. In reading up on people who are like, uh, especially Axios. I don't know if you uh, subscribe to the Axios newsletters, but recently somebody bought an EV and did like a, I think it was like an eight or twelve hour road trip, and just like mm-hmm. walked us through. It was a non Tesla EV. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a big and one. it was like as a and as a woman driving, you know, you know, by herself. Uh, the charging infrastructure is not where it needs to be yet. Absolutely. Some of not. them are just like, uh, not not all the charging, and I didn't know this, but not all of the charging stations are in gas stations or like rest stops. Some right. of them are in just like, she, according to the, the author, like dark Walmart corners of their large parking lot. And she yes. just did not feel safe. Uh, like leaving her car and, and and essentially when there's no lights around to basically fast charge your car, right? Like yeah. I, that makes perfect sense. That you, right. why would you subject yourself to that sort of level of risk, uh, especially in yeah. this country? So
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, that's that's it. It's definitely a big deal. The, the the charging infrastructure, not just the whole charging system as a whole. Like when you go to pump like, when you go to pump gas. For any mm-hmm. car, it's it's the same, right? The most comp like the most complicated factor would be either a Are you in New Jersey? You're not supposed to pump your own gas. Or b Did you get a new car recently and the and the fuel tank is on the opposite side? <laughs> like that's oh, yeah. that's really the only decision that you need to make. Am I pumping my own gas in this state? And is my is my tank on the left or the right? And so does with, well. Here's a um, question
1: for you though. Before you started buying or looking into EVs. Did the location or side of the car that the gas is on ever factor in your decision?
0: Never. No. No.
1: It's just sort of a it's a whatever. Uh, yeah. It's
0: out, just right? a whatever it is, right? It's just a you'll figure it out. I think German cars tend to do it on the right. Uh, I think Japanese cars tend to do it on the left, but I don't think that's a specific oh. rule. Like every – so I've only ever had – I've only ever owned myself a uh, Civic and an Accord. And so the the, the yeah. tank was on the left side for both of them. Sure. Um, the the ID4, the Volkswagen ID4, the the charging port is on the right hand side. But I also saw that the the, the fuel tank was on the right hand side of a lot of the cars that I was looking at. Like when I was just waiting around in the dealership, I don't know if it was the case for every single one of their cars though. I believe BMWs tend to be on the right as well. Uh, also a German car. and uh the the toyota that i learned to drive like the 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 toyota minivan i learned to drive on when i was when i was in high school was on the left hand side but uh yeah i don't know if how many of these are like really hard and fast rules or or anything like that and how much it just depends on the design of the car and what might make sense so understood um, but yeah the it one of the so The charging infrastructure, charging systems as a whole with electric cars, is a pain in the ass because there are a lot of different companies that operate that have like charging uh, stations, so to speak. Like you said, not every charging station is going to be at like a rest stop or along, you know, uh, at a gas station or anything like that. At times, it really isn't like the middle of a Walmart's uh, parking lot at the back of it. When I charged. so the two times I've charged at Electrify America, the the first time I charged was in a parking lot of some shopping plaza. And I'm blanking on what the store was that I was outside. But I want to say it was like a Michaels or something like that. Like it was a fairly empty. Par- oh, no, it was it was like a pet store. I think I think it was like a PetSmart. And uh, it was a fairly empty parking lot. There weren't too many people around. This is like, I don't know, one one ish p.m. that I did it. The second mm-hmm. time I charged was at a mall and it was another Electrify America there were a bunch of there were a bunch of spots, a bunch of people around, um, you know, fairly um, populated uh, location. Yeah. And then uh, but that was it. Those are the only two that I've been to. There are. But that's just Electrify America. There are a boatload of other companies that have and operate charging systems. And the issue is that. Many of these are like they don't have like credit card readers. You need an app so now you need to like oh, download an app. You need to like input your car's VIN into an app so that if you plug it in so that you put your credit card into the app so that when you plug the the, the, the cord into your card or into your card into your car, okay. it detects the VIN and it charges your okay. account. So those are like plug and play you. systems. But, but not every system was like that. I think that might be more unique to Electrify America. There's another company called Volta I can't remember what their system was like. I've never charged on the Volta. There are others. Um, yeah, there, there's just a bunch. Tesla has recently started opening up some of their charging systems uh, for uh, for non-Tesla cars. But they have to have an adapter. So they built adapters into their charging ports so that when you get there, you use the app. You tell them that you've parked. It then unlocks um, the cord so that when you pull it, it actually attaches like automatically the converter to the Tesla um, uh, um, port or cable because the Tesla input is different than the not Teslas, and uh, so okay. it's just it's just like very like You need an app. It's a fir- like you need an app yeah. for all these different companies. Some companies. Sometimes you're at like a mall, and you know that they have a charging system there. Like our local mall mall has a uh, has chargers, but I couldn't tell if they needed to be if you needed to pay for that or not. So I just ultimately opted to not park at those spots, and I was later able to find out that no, you don't actually need to charge or pay for it; it's actually free. Although I don't know if I needed an app in order to start charging it, or if I just parked there and plugged it in and left, and it was good to go. You know, Um, it's just it's it's not. It's not um, like every single place, every single company, it seems like it's a distinct experience and a lot and like there's a learning curve associated with it. And there's already a learning curve associated with having an electric car anyway. So,
1: yeah, um, I think it sounds like, you know, we're still in the beginnings of this, so it, it's certainly very annoying. But I wonder in the future if, like, this is just essentially the initial investment into the infrastructure and that our behaviors will change where you're no longer like, oh, I have to bring my credit cards. You no, know, everything's on my phone. I did my VIN a long time ago, and it should be okay moving forward. But that's just yeah. an assumption of mine. I don't really know if, that's, if, that's, if that holds any truth, I'll say.
0: right? Oh, and then I guess this probably would have been a in the Axios um, article, but... The other aspect is that a lot of non, so like actually, I'll say at least more specific to Electrify America, they'll just have like maybe they, let's say they have like six chargers, like half of them will be working. They just seem to yep. be down a lot of the times. And so um, they might be down given the time it takes that to charge a car in general. Like if you got to have people parked up for 30 minutes to an hour, there could be long queues and you could just be sitting there waiting for a spot to open up just so that you can actually get there. Um, there are idle, like idle fees. So if your car fills up and you don't remove it, you, sorry, you don't move it so that another person could charge, you can get charged idle fees, but that doesn't necessarily stop people from doing it. So whether, you know, like the idle fees basically just need to be higher, I guess, but it's super inconvenient for you. Like if you got places to go and people to see and you're empty you need to get that charge, and you you might be like third in line waiting for people to finish up charging. It might take you another hour and a half just to get out of there. So, how upset do people get
1: in a situation like that?
0: Probably pissed. I haven't seen it myself, but like I've read about it. Um, some people hate the uh, Volkswagen system because they they gave all they give every single ID. Four owner, uh, um, thirty minutes free charging. at Uh, at electrify america for three years and oh wow so people with with my car will show up at these charging stations and maybe they have like 80 percent charge like let's say they're down to like six like 63 percent right yeah they might plug it in and just go up to 100 percent, just because they can for free sure and In reality, you're supposed to, I know I've talked about this before, but keep your battery between 20 and 80%. That's like the golden, those are the golden numbers. You don't really want to let it go below 20% and let it go above 80% unless you need it. If you're going on a long trip or whatever, right? And so, and that's all about like, you know, just like. Um, preserving the battery's long-term health so that way 100% is actually 100% and not and yep. so that like you know 100% doesn't turn to 95% you know several years down the down the uh, uh in the future so um yeah be, because of this there are the, the the people who have the ID4 kind of have a reputation apparently among electric car uh drivers because they will leave their car plugged in for a full half an hour and sometimes even longer because they're not being charged for for that duration and they'll also overcharge their car because they can get it for free whereas other people you know they might get to 80 percent and say okay cool i'm plugging it and i'm just gonna get this the rest of the way home and then fill up at home where it's much cheaper like the cost per mile of charging your car these at these public systems is almost like the cost of getting a gallon of gas like it's not it's not that big of a difference um I, I think at least and so it's more cost effective to fill up your charge at home so so you realistically wouldn't want to get up to 100 and most people who aren't driving the id4 wouldn't be going up to 100 so, percent i see yeah there's definitely an etiquette there's definitely um frustration i think with some people and uh yeah hopefully just like you said hopefully as more and more EVs show up on the road, you'll have more and more um, chargers, and that won't be uh, that big of a thing, that big of a deal.
1: Hey, you certainly hope. You certainly hope. Yeah,
0: yeah, hope so.
1: Um, man, I, I can understand that the etiquette is, is just one of those things, right, that you just have to, uh, I guess— now that you're part of the infrastructure just understand the implication all the time um yeah but uh man that's it's just funny how like you become you not you become connected to these subcultures and these sub moments of interaction it's like no this is how it's supposed to be and don't be that guy but also like if they give you 30 minutes of free charging why wouldn't you take advantage of it you spent the money and you got that so it's like a you know damned if you do damned if you don't um i can also understand that like if you were to park like how often do people park their cars and then just like walk away from their car
0: Hmm. yeah that's another that's another good point so when i did my second charging the first time i charged it i stayed with the car the second time i charged it i went inside the mall um and my intention was to get to move the car um, if we stay there for too long. So the car has the car has its own app and I was able to track the, the state of charge from the app and um, it never got to like full or whatever the whatever the number would have been to um, to get out of there. So I just... Uh, like that's what you should do. If you're if you leave the car, you want to be mindful of how long it's supposed to. It should be plugged in, right. or just check the app. I also forgot to mention this too. Another issue is that this will be the last point I'll make on it, just since we're getting a bit long. But um, because of the left and the right side charging ports, some companies like Tesla, all Tesla charging ports are on the um, the back left, and so when you charge a Tesla you're supposed to back it into the charging spots and um, get it pretty. You have to get it pretty close because the Tesla charging wires are quite short. And, um, and I think that's all like related to their, their ability to like send out the maximum current so that the, the cars can charge, you know, very quickly. And, uh, as they open up their infrastructure then to non Tesla cars like my car for instance has its charging port on the back on the back right. That means when I charge, I need to park at a spot that is designated for a for a Tesla, right? But I can't use the charger that would be to my left. I have to use the one that's to my right, meaning that i have to use the charger that's technically designated for the vehicle in the next parking spot for me so non-teslas charging at a non-teslas charging at a tesla spot that have their charger on the right hand side have to use up two uh two stalls basically which is crazy yeah yeah um the electrify americas that i see they they all have two they all have two so you can plug you can plug in on the left you can plug it on the right um it it doesn't matter like each if this makes sense right like the chart like this if you park at one spot there's a stall on your left and there's a stall on your right but the stall on your left has two or the stall on both sides have two um outlets meaning that you can use either one, whichever side is on your car. Also, the wires a bit long, so they can get to the front or the back, no matter where you park.
1: I see. I but see. their
0: their systems break down a lot. So you tell me which one's better. Uh, Teslas are, are quite reliable.
1: Teslas are quite reliable. I was also hearing that like states like Texas uh, and some others are starting to. Like, and I didn't know about this, but it, it makes sense to some degree when I when I think about it. But this notion of when you buy an electric vehicle, because you're not paying for gas anymore, uh, you have to pay like uh, monthly or annual like additional fees that go to the maintenance of the roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, the way that works apparently is if you buy a car, your, the registration fees and the gas tax pur- purely based on you buying gas, uh will uh will pay for all that stuff but because you know you're not paying for it anymore they got to get yeah. revenue for the state in other ways i didn't know that right. and i can understand people being really frustrated about that just being like hey i'm tr- i'm trying to do a good thing and save the world here uh i mean maybe that's not your real motivation but you know you could you can argue that people may feel that particular kind of way and then now you're charging you more for, for for cars like this. I can understand that being really frustrating.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: But uh, what is your like car's uh, registration fee situation? I'll say that's hard to say, but you get what I mean.
0: I paid everything up front and it wasn't anything more or less than, than what I would have paid if it was a, a combustion car. I don't remember exactly what the fees looked like. I have all my paperwork up top, so I'm not going to try to like re- reach up and try to read through them. But as far as I know, it was pretty Yeah, standard. read everyone your VIN number real quick on this. No. Um. <laughs> uh,
1: um, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was anything particularly unique, really. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, but I know that states are looking to increase that tax on EVs. Uh, so people are like, oh, this is just big gas, Companies trying to you know dissuade people from buying it, which could be true on some in some level, but also I understand that you know if the normal tax revenue is not being collected, and these I know that these EVs are heavy cars, right? Oh, and, yeah, they are, and so they you really really are. There is still damage and wear and tear occurring that that has to be you know compensated for in some way. I get that. Um, but yeah. somebody was also saying maybe it should be based on the weight of the vehicle so that you know these gas guzzlers are paying more because their cars are just like way heavier, uh, to make it a little bit more equitable. I mean everyone's got an idea, right? So I'm not I'm not suggesting that any of these ideas are better than the other. Um, right. as I'm like starting to read up about this because I have never I never truly thought about this when it came to oh, you know, Carol and I have talked about one an EV. Like we we, we love a Tesla um we're not getting a tesla right now uh for for all the reasons keep I, falling um but uh yeah so anyways that's that's really it um do you have anything else you want to talk about
0: um shoot no that's really it man uh i guess i've been watching a little bit of the nba playoffs, so though admittedly i haven't been watching these full games um i've catch bits and pieces here and there um and it's it's really frustrating to see the Celtics about to go down three nothing <laughs> to the freaking heat like we we could have been in the series man like they it's the celtics looks they look like a completely different team and I don't know if it's because they're they like used up the last of the remaining energy against the sixers just to get out of that series or if they're just getting out coached that badly but they are you really You I mean they, over have, they me? have they have a whole slew of other weapons I mean like just watching them play they don't run their offense through Joel Embiid or, or through this, sorry they don't run their offense through a seven foot center right with everyone standing still you watch them play and they you know the biggest guy on their team is is who's getting like a boatload of minutes is uh Bam Adebayo and right. he's a fairly quick guy so he might be of comparable height to Embiid but he's quicker than Embiid uh, particularly on offense, and he's like a he's a constant lob threat. But Miami shooters are just they're just knocking these damn shots down, dude. Gabe Vincent has like thirty some points right now. Duncan Robinson, who was literally getting DNP's for all of this season and a fair portion of last season, I think too, and he's getting regular minutes right now. Like I, I should look up his numbers right now just to see how many how many minutes he's playing. But it's just nuts that the Heat just seemed to. I don't know like they they're just a team that's not scared and you no. watch this I, i've been watching the Sixers over and over again the playoffs and every single one of them just seems to get scared um they six for a nod from three uh duncan robinson four for six from th- from three he's got 16 points he's played 19 minutes and i'm telling you like, this dude is literally getting dnps he got a big-ass contract to, like two years ago and then all of a sudden stop he start he stopped getting played and uh cuz his his offense was so bad it was getting exploited in the playoffs last year and they start they started benching him and then uh it just continued from there it just stopped playing and uh yeah the sixers like you you would hear the commentators talk about how they were one of the best shooting teams in the NBA from like from 3 they had the best three point percentage but the issue was i think their efficiency overall like sorry not efficiency but their volume they were the most efficient but their volume wasn't anywhere near as, as high as other teams and, I see. Um, yeah. And just the way Boston's defense is able to to correct, at least against that specific Philadelphia team where most of the pressure is happening, like at the t- you know, at that free throw line, they're often, I guess, able to recover off of those Embiid quick passes that they can disrupt a shooter enough to throw them off. But I've also been watching this team nearly enough to like see that guys like uh, D'Anthony Melton, pj tucker um shoot Harden, max like they're they're not hitting threes in it like they're none of these guys are going like six for nine in a game
1: right i mean but. you know i was joking earlier when you brought it up but there is that really famous jimmy butler video you picked him yeah. over me tobias harris over me and, yeah. you know, first and of all, Tobias I want to say that's
0: really caught some strays. He, he's really catching some strays on that one because it wasn't it wasn't that the Sixers necessarily picked Tobias Harris over him, but they picked they chose to go with Ben Simmons. I think I think Butler didn't want to play with Ben Simmons anymore. I wonder why. And and uh, he didn't want to play for Brett Brown. He didn't like the way Brett Brown. He didn't like the. I think he didn't like the way that that Simmons got babied. Which is more or less the same same situation that he had with uh, the Timberwolves, where he didn't sure. like how Carl Anthony Towns and uh, and Andrew Wiggins were treated, or they didn't like step up, like you know they they came to work and they 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 showed up like it was a job, but not like it was a passion. He's a passionate man about the damn game, so um, I think that was his issue with Simmons, and so he ultimately was like, "Nah, I'm out," and. So then the, the uh Sixers management ultimately then chose to give Tobias Harris a max contract. So it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily that the like this organization was like, "Oh yeah, no, we want we want Tobias Harris. We'll offer you a much lower contract." It was just really well, Butler's out and uh we we, we need somebody else and he's already on the team. So let's give him a max contract. But that really that really 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 hurt our 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 Ability to do things, um, sure. and it's still hurting our ability to do things. Moving like now.
1: I mean, that's a that's a massive miscalculation of the investment.
0: Ah, uh, dude, it's, it's brutal. It's I mean, you know, brutal. I mean, you know,
1: as a fan, I don't have to tell you. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's frustrating, but to... you know, just watching. I mean, first of all, I did want to say I want to give you uh, credit and appreciation for sharing your Sling account because I have watched so much NBA because of it. <laughs> um but yeah. i will say i will say uh and i know you and i talked about this before if someone else logs in right to the sling right. and i get booted i get booted i'm not trying to fight i'm not fighting that i know i know my place in the line and so <laughs> it was just one of those things where like oh yeah well someone someone else wants to watch i i yeah. always assume it's you that wants to watch uh but right. i know you were saying it could be my, that's sister not too. You. my
0: sister's watch yeah my yeah. sister she's she, she She's uh, she's not a basketball fan, but she likes the Lakers, and so she's watching those games. And it sucks because ESPN with Sling you only you're only rest- you're restricted to uh, one stream for different right. channels, so you only get one stream for ESPN games. Right now, all three of us are gonna be watching this game here, so.
1: No uh, issue. But um, okay.
0: that's yeah, that's good yeah. to know.
1: That's good to know, though. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've been I've been happy watching all the games. Uh, it's been really fun, and I I, compl- I obviously this. It's gonna sound asinine to say out loud, but when you watch all the games, you pick up tendencies. You understand. Yes. Who's doing what yes. and why, and so when I can yeah. watch the Heat, I understand exactly what you're saying they're doing. I can understand, you know, what what the Nets I mean, what the Nuggets are doing. Uh, like I understand how Jokic sees the floor. You can almost like start to anticipate where the ball is gonna go. And it's like, oh yeah. yeah, okay, I hear you, I see, I see yep. the decisions that are being made, um, yep. and so you, I just I feel like I'm becoming a much more knowledgeable uh, basketball fan in just a little bit of time that I've been watching it. And if you're watching, like, you know, you were saying last week however many minutes over the course of years that you've been watching, so like, yeah, of course you're intimately aware uh, of the you know the pacing. And the tendencies of your team much more than someone who, like me, was like, oh, well, what is, I'm not going to say Stephen A, what he tells me, but, like, what does Reddit tell me? You know, what does this one right, clip out right, of context right. tell me? Um, and it's similar yeah. to, like, when I watch uh, football, it's like, no, I know Chargers' tendencies. I That's why yes we go back to my wedding, but when they were up twenty nine zero I was like, the game's not over. Like, I yeah. you know, so it's just one of those things where, like, you can say it with confidence. But like, no, I, I know. Don't. Don't count your chickens before they hatch yet. This is nowhere near ready to be to be called yet. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I love that. Yeah. No, so it's been has yeah. been fun.
0: Alright. So should we get out of here?
1: I think we absolutely should. Alright.
0: Well, I'm Reza.
1: I'm Sandy. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see everyone next week.